Have you ever rented anywhere where they let you pay rent after you live there? You know it's always up front. No. I mean, so, no? How about you, Mr. Evans? Have you ever paid rent where the landlord said, oh, live there first and pay me after? These are the plaintiffs, Megan Jesmer and Elijah Evans. Megan says they rented a room, and the crazy defendant, their landlord, turned the power off on them. That's right. It was hot as can be out, and boom, darkness. They're here in the name of justice suing the slumlord for the $1,800 they're most definitely owed. This is the defendant, Sydney Irene White. She says the plaintiffs rented a room but brought a whole household full of furniture. Elijah lost his temper with her, berated her, and thank God, she moved out and they're out of her life. Oh, them? Ha! She's accused of pulling the power. All parties, please hit your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. The People's Court is now in session and the Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, Your Honor. Okay, Ms. Jesmer and Mr. Evans, the two of you uh, answered uh, an ad for a subrental, I guess, from you, Ms. White. Is that correct, Ms. White? Yes, ma'am. Your Honor, sorry. Okay, so Ms. Jesmer, what kind of place was it? Was it a house? Was it an apartment? It was a house. Okay, and you were going to be renting what? A room, a room in the house. And then access to the rest of the common areas? Correct. How much were you supposed to pay? 700 per month. So in order to move in, did you have to pay first, last, and security? No. She said the only thing that was required when I, upon move-in was since we'd be moving in on June 17th and it'd be halfway through the month already, we would give her half of the month's rent, which was 350 Okay. And so did you give her 350 before you moved in? Move in and then pay. Okay. And Ms. White, what were you thinking? I know. <laughs> I Yes. You, you, don't, you don't do that. And, you, and, and there's a reason that you need to get, you know, first, last, and secure. I know you're subletting, but at a minimum, security and first, because you're going to find yourself in a pickle. And then, so you pay for the half a month of June, and then on July 1st, do you pay uh, $700? Um, she said that it was the 25th of every month that rent was due, and it was not communicated that the actual rent was paid was due on the 1st. Until after I have already gave her the three fifty. Why would you say that rent was due on the twenty fifth? Did you mean the twenty fifth of the prior month? Yes, I did, Your Honor. That way, if you're late, okay, if you're but short, then... that's what I've always done. But it was my mistake, right? It was my mistake not communicating right. it correctly. Because you, what you would have to mm -hmm. do is tell them I'm going to prorate rent from June twenty, June seventeenth to June twenty fifth. And I need first month's rent on June 25th, which is really for July, because I like to get it a few days early. That's how you do it. Or if you're telling her you're going to do it, that was totally... be doing the... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. So anyway, comes July, and she says, I need the rent. And you say, what? Because this was some misunderstanding between all of you. So did you ever pay July's rent? 
Yes. So she had contacted me or texted me on June 26th and had said, mentioned that she want, want the rent paid through Venmo. And then she, I asked her for a receipt for the 350. After that, she texted me again on June 28th and said, Hey, I really need that the uh, July's rent so I can send it to the property manager. And I said, okay, but you already stated that the 350 was what was needed to move in. And the 700 was on the 25th of the next month. And she said, but you real, can I ask you a question? Have you ever rented anywhere where they let you pay rent after you live there? You know, it's always up front. No. I mean, so no. How about you, Mr. Evans? Have you ever paid rent where the landlord said, oh, live there first and pay me after? No. Right. Okay. So in any event, that's not really why we're here. What ends up happening between you guys? There ends up being a dispute between Mr. Evans and Ms. White. Mr. Evans, what was the nature of the dispute? Um, basically, the nature of the dispute, the dispute consisted of me addressing her about a mail that was coming in and out after hours and the doors being left unlocked. So what was the discussion? Tell me about it. So basically, I was just asking her, was someone else staying there because he was coming after hours? I was seeing him in the morning and everything. So I was basically trying to communicate. He should be helping with the chores and things around the house as a man because she was wheeling garbages down the driveway. Totally irrelevant. Okay. And what did she say to you? Was she mad that you were bringing it up? Um, basically, she kind of was, she wasn't really necessarily mad about it. It kind of escalated to other things being brought up, such as rent and me playing music and being disrespectful and things of that nature. Ms. White, tell me about the argument with Mr. Evans. So the argument originally started when Elijah left a note outside my door calling my boyfriend at the time, who, yes, had been coming in late because I worked till 11 p.m. Um, doors might have been left unlocked once or twice, but if he would have just brought it up to me, it would have been a different story. Um, he referred to him as boy boy, saying he's not man enough to introduce himself when he would get off like 12-hour shifts himself, and he lived close... My house was closer to his work. You know, it was just that whole thing, and then... At the bottom of the note, it was like a discussion needs to be had before you're getting any more money. And the only reason they saw us tiptoeing around and sneaking in is because they were living in the living room. They were sleeping there every night. Like, I was just coming and going because I was working double shifts trying to cover that rent for July that I never got. So in your eyes, they just turned out to be the renters from hell. They are nice people. They're not bad people. It's just I tried to work with them on the miscommunication. I admitted it was my fault said, okay, well, do you want to do a weekly thing? Do you want to give it to me when you can? That way, at the end of January, if they were going to pay at the end of every month, at the end of January, after they had been living there, when they're trying to get a security deposit, they're trying to get the rent to move I somewhere else. I think Mr. Else, Evans knows. I, I think they both know what time it is. This was a misunderstanding, but it was a misunderstanding on your part. I don't think anybody really thinks that they get to live there first and pay rent later. Okay? It's just silly. If all you paid was three fifty, then all you got was half a month's rent. Um, you know, so it's ridiculous. But in any event, what ends up happening? What is it you do, Ms. White? I was in contact with the housing department and they told me my only option was to evict them because at the end of that argument, after the note, I told them that they're going to get a 30-day notice, that I do not want to live with them anymore. I don't feel comfortable living with them anymore because this argument was a screaming match. This argument was not and okay. Were they both I, screaming I at you or just it. Mr. Evans and you? It started with just Mr. Evans, and then Ms. Jessimer came down and also joined in on it. And what were they saying to you? They were just saying things 
first of all, he got mad. He said, I'm going to play my music as loud as I want in the shower when I don't mind it. I don't really care. I asked him to turn it down once. Um, living in the living room, sleeping in there, not paying the rent, trying to figure out a way for them to get it, work with them, them being mad about me not doing chores, like scrubbing down my shower every time I shower. Like, I understand if you want me to go through every, like, three days, week, clean out the shower, you know? <laughs> but they wanted me to, like, scrub the sides of the tub every time I took a shower. Me working 16-hour shifts constantly just to make ends meet because... Were they working? Um, well, Megan Jessmer actually told me that she had quit her job upon moving in. Um, and I had no idea if Eli was working at that point. So how was anybody going to pay rent? She told me she was looking for a job. You got to be more careful. I know. I Ms. Jessmer, were you employed when you moved in? Did you lose your job or, or, or quit your job? What happened there? Um, I worked at Wendy's up here in Rochester, and my hours were cut because of COVID. So I only had two to three days a week. So I did end up leaving, but I got I went Grubhub delivery driver. So I would make my own hours and do peak time hours. Okay. And Mr. Evans, how about you? Are you work? Were you working? I was definitely still currently working at Wendy's. Our hours were definitely cut because of COVID, but I never communicated the schedule to Miss Sydney White. No. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, you should, you know, when, before somebody moves in, and especially during a time like COVID where you can't get them out, what you want to do is you want to have an idea of whether they can pay the rent or not. Otherwise, you don't want them moving in. I'm trying to understand. Okay. So tell me then, you call housing. You actually put, let's see this, a 30-day notice up. Mm -hmm. That was the first step that they gave me. The only thing I could do, I was told by them after the fact, I was told by police officers, everything that I would not be able to evict them because of COVID. It would take way too long. Anyway, so you you put this up as a result of the continued lease survey. It ends August 31st. Uh, did you vacate on August 31st, uh, Ms. Jessmer? No, we did not. All right. So they decide not to leave. So what do you decide, Ms. White? I had actually already moved out on August 28th. I didn't feel comfortable staying at the house. I moved out. I put my 30-day notice the day I gave them the 30-day notice because I didn't want to I didn't want anything to do with it anymore. Okay, so what did you do? You you had a month to month so you gave the 30-day notice to who? To to the property manager at your place? Yes, I had a property oh. manager. I had a year-long lease that I had actually just started when they moved in. And because of all this, I didn't see any other way to get them out because the housing department told me because they've been there over 30 days, they get mail delivered to the house. They are residents. Right. And basically no, everyone so was how did telling your, me I had how no did your options. landlord let you out of your lease? Uh, in my recent lease, it is written that I can give 30 days notice and that won't oh, take away you. from my security deposit. S yeah. Perfect. So when did you give the 30 day notice? July 31st. Okay, so then you moved out at the end of August. Yes, Your Honor. Okay, and your landlord did not count against you that you brought them in and now they're there. No, they. he did. He um, claimed me responsible and actually took my security deposit. I didn't get that back. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which That's a, a I bit figured of a problem. that was going to happen. Well, Ms. Jesmer, Mr. Evans, are you paying anybody rent? No, we are not, Your Honor. We are okay. currently putting so it down So you moved deposit, in uh, in June paid $350, you have not paid any more rent. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. 
Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. August, September, October, November, December, January, February. Seven months. You haven't paid rent. Right. Okay. And what is your lawsuit against this young lady about? 350 You want her to pay you back June's rent, pay you back July's rent, the only rent you paid. You want it paid back to you. That You come to court mm-hmm. to sue for that? And then you want her yeah. to pay September and November's electric bill when she wasn't living there. What, I don't understand Correct. your lawsuit. The money for the back rent is just for the back rent. The money for the electricity bills was because when she originally posted the ad, it said the electricity and everything was included in the rent. Now, I had to switch my name over, and I'm, I'm being billed for past due usage, as basically the past year is the bills. I'm on a billing plan, so now I'm going based off other people's usage, and I'm paying almost $200 for usage. So you feel that she owes some of the electric bills because it was usage from when she was there? Correct. Um, Let me see the bill so I can see whether that's right. Uh, But before I even see the bill, why are you suing her to pay you back the rent that you paid, that she paid to the landlord? Originally, she communicated that rent was to be paid on the 25th of every month. It was never nothing said. No, no, we're not talking about that. No, no, we're not talking about that. I'm asking you, you guys paid June rent, 350 and then late July, just like you said, you paid 700. You guys are in court today suing for that money back. Why? Because it was miscommunicated when payment was supposed to be given in the first place. That's the No, only but reason. I know it was miscommunicated, so she ate it. She let you pay when you wanted to pay, which is after you lived there. Why do you get that money back, Mr. Evans? You got Ultimately, nothing? Like said, okay, Ms. Jessmer, why are you suing to get that money back? You're not making any sense. It was miscommunicated, so you got to pay it when you felt like it. Now, eight months later, you want all that money back. Why? Why are you suing for that? Um, On the 25th of July, when we had had another um, argument about, I I said I was not giving her the back payment when she had paid for it because originally, like, it was miscommunicated, and I said we don't have our bills set up like that. I don't have extra money to just give to you. So I'm agreeing to the 25th of every month to pay for the rent, but if, like, you want us to leave, I would like my money back. And she said she's not I giving my money back. I don't understand, Ms. Jessmer. You didn't leave. You, like, essentially made her leave her home. And now, eight months later, you're saying, oh, by the way, remember that rent I paid you? You got to give it back to me. Why would she have to pay you back the rent? You had to have a theory in your head why you're supposed to get it back. Ultimately, why she didn't? Why didn't she have us moving on the first? If if, if, if this this is where this is where I keep saying the miscommunication comes in. Mr. Like, it, Evans, it's like not listen to me. Mr. Like, Evans, so stop talking this, and listen right, because you can't. You are not a stupid man. You got it. You know right. what what's going on. No one cares right. what day you paid. You paid it late as hell, and they. It doesn't matter because she said, you know what? It's my fault. It's my miscommunication. That. A miscommunication doesn't entitle you to get $1,000 of rent that you paid when you're damn well pleased back eight months later, okay? So now tell me the September and the November electric bill. Do you have those bills? 
I do. I tried contacting the uh, rg the utility company, to actually get the full PDF. Um, they have it oh, back to you me don't, email. Do you have them or don't you? No, I do not. Oh, you don't? Well, then you don't get them either. Were... So, Ms. Jesmer okay. and Mr. Evans, on your lawsuit against Ms. White, no good deed goes unpunished, pal. Ms. White, you need to assume, unfortunately, in this world, that complete strangers have their own agenda in mind, okay? Here's a big fat surprise. I'm ruling in favor of the defendant. So the plaintiffs fail in their effort to get $1,800 back from the defendant. Uh, Ms. Jessimer, <laughs> let me just ask you, are you surprised with the judge's verdict? Um, yes, a little bit. Uh, I expected to at least get what we had paid for the rent back, even if we have been here for a longer period of time than was expected. Um, we are in a pandemic right now, so I was just hoping to get original money back and be able to move because we do have other bills to pay. But All right, listen, you don't get the $1,800, that's for sure. Ms. White, I think the judge was uh, very kind when she said you, you made a huge mistake in renting to them and subletting to them, correct? You learned something? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, I had roommates previously before them that I met online and it worked out great. And, you know, I tried to do my research, but I was dumb in the beginning. I made the mistake. I live on my own now. <laughs> All right. Well, good. I hope you're happy. Congratulations. You win. Harvey, what do you think about this case? Okay, Doug, um, this is an interesting case. Even though it's just renting a room, it's the same really as renting a full apartment. Um, the lease is everything. Uh, whatever the lease says goes. If the lease says you can't bring in uh, another guest without the permission of the landlord, so be it. Usually, leases are silent about this. So typically, you do have a right to bring a boyfriend, a girlfriend in. Uh, but if the lease says you can't, that sticks. Hey judges, please tell me about the artwork hanging behind Judge John. Who is the artist? Where did you get it? And is there a story behind it? Thanks, from Kathy. Yes, this is a local Cuban artist who is a brilliant and very talented man, Freddy Villamil. That one in particular, if you look very closely, has three women's faces. And I, we have our three daughters, so that's why I got that one. And actually, if you look really close at that one, I don't know how you would describe the style, whether it's Cubist or what, but it's there's actually a couple other faces hidden in it, but they're really not. Yeah, really you apparent. have to look they're really, really close. It's like trying. It's like a Where's Waldo thing. Right, right, right. You see the other profile. I make the other two to be you and me. But <laughs> you know, I, I like the ones, of course, of like the animals playing cards, like playing poker, <laughs> cigars, dogs. There's five cards. of them in the card table, and that's, that, oh, that's right. ridiculous that's painting. <laughs> yes, yes, that's that's what we actually. We actually have. do have that also and, in North and, Carolina. And that tacky painting is not like hidden away somewhere. No, no, that's front right center. In the living room, right? I love that painting. I do too. I do too. What's better than bears playing a poker? Painting. Right, like they're playing poker. One's got a card up his sleeve. Do bears have sleeves? I don't this is the plaintiff, Donna Burks. She says the defendant is her deceased brother's fiance, and she refuses to return her brother's belongings to the family. This woman has some nerve stealing what's rightfully hers, and she's here suing for the $2,722.67 she's owed.
accuses the defendant, Raina Stevens. She says the plaintiff's brother told her he wanted her to have everything of his if something were to happen to him before he passed from COVID. The plaintiff has treated her like a dog ever since. She isn't entitled to her fiancé's belongings, and she owes this woman nothing but a curt good riddance after this trial. She's accused of splitting up the family. The defendant has bought a counter suit for $4,865 for things the plaintiff stole from her fiancé's car. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff claims the defendant stole her deceased brother's belongings and won't give them back. But the defendant says the plaintiff has treated her like a dog and isn't the one entitled to her fiancé's belongings and she will prove it in court. It's the case of stealing blind from the family. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Burks and Ms. Stevens, first of all, I wanted to tell you that I'm very, very sorry for your loss. Um, Ms. Stevens, you lost your boyfriend, and Ms. Burks, that was your brother. So tell me what brings you to court today. Well, my brother had been in a relationship with Raina for a little over three and a half years, and they were engaged to be married around his birthday of... Uh, April 28th of last year, but it was, the wedding was called off. Because of COVID or because they didn't get along? There were various reasons why the wedding was called off. Okay. Well, did, were they living together? Yes, they were. And they continued to live together? Yes, they did. Okay, go ahead. As the summer went along, my brother would uh, continue to tell me about issues that was aggravating him and frustrating him with Raina. Such as? Regarding the fact that she has a very bad gambling habit. She loves to buy scratch-off tickets and she loves to go to the casino. And I know that he said that her salary was twice what he made or what he received in Social Security. So they would try and split the bills evenly. But as the summer went along, he would continually tell me how aggravated and frustrated he was with the habit she had of smoking. He would ask her to stop, but uh, she picked that up more, and then she picked up another substance habit that he did not like, and she seemed to, do, she seemed to do that even more and more. He didn't like it. He just tried to tolerate what it. What substance? Marijuana. When did your brother get sick? In the middle of December. How old was your brother? He was 73. Okay. And during the summer, again, as I said, he would continue to tell me about how frustrated and aggravated he would be with Raina regarding how she just couldn't hold on to money, how he had gave her an engagement ring. And he said that she told him that she lost it. He said he didn't believe it. He said that she either sold it or pawned it. And uh, okay. said sometimes he tried to get her. Do you know how your brother got COVID? Money. He said, and I quote, I blame Raina for this. She did this to me because she would not Why? stay in. Because she kept going out selling CDs and DVDs all the time. And he said, why are you doing this? You have a good paying job at the post office. 
All right, so you, you have a lawsuit here today because when your brother went into the hospital, uh, rent was due. And what did your brother ask you to do? He told me to take $500 off of his debit card, which I did. The next day, December 29th, I asked Raina, I said, are you going to have your half of the rent? You know, after I spoke to property management and asked them how much the rent would be, they said it would be 860 So with taking $500 off of Tony's debit card, she would owe 360 So then I called her January 3rd and told her how much the rent would be. I said, uh, do you have it? And she said, no, I don't have it. So I didn't bother to ask why. I just assumed I knew why. So I told her, I will go ahead and pay your half of the rent for you, and then you can pay me back. And she said, well, it's okay. not quite half, but so so she agreed to repay you the three hundred and sixty-two twelve. Yes. Okay. And did did she ever repay you that? No. When did your brother pass? He passed January seventh. I had spoken to him on January fifth because he had called me and asked me had I paid the bills. I said yes. I paid the rent. I paid your phone bill. I paid the insurance. But I say, Raina didn't have her half of the rent, so I paid it for her. And then he said, I blame Raina for this. She did this to me because she wouldn't stay in. And he said, if God brings me through this, I am done. I am done with Raina. And I told him, I said, I don't think okay, he has Tony. any right to blame Raina. I don't. I don't think anybody has well, any right to, I'm just, right to blame Raina. Maybe she should have been more careful, but the person with the health issue should have been really, really careful. And if the person he's living with isn't careful, then that person doesn't get to live with him anymore. That's all. Period. End of story. Each one of us are responsible for our own health. And if we don't take it into our hands, we cannot turn around and blame, you gave it to me. Okay? But I don't put myself in the situation where someone can give it to me. Raina, let me talk to you a second. How long were you dating him? Tony and I were dating for three years. Okay. Did you know that he had these health issues, the, the blood pressure? I and... did. Yes, I was aware. And was he going out too? Yes, he was. He would go to the store. He would go to get him things at the restaurant. I mean, he was out. He stayed in as well, but he did make his way out. He could have caught COVID anywhere. Okay. So according to... Ms. Burks, she loaned you $362.12 for the January rent. Is that accurate? Yes. Okay. Why did you hesitate? You feel like you shouldn't have to pay it. Why? I feel like I shouldn't have to pay it just because how the whole situation unraveled. Ms. Burks, <laughs> I didn't know she could be like she is, our family really shows themselves after another family member passed. Oh, what happened? A lot of stuff unraveled that didn't have to go the way it did. Um, such as? Such as two days before the funeral, she wanted to come in with Tony's daughter and rip all this furniture out of the house and go through and pack up everything. She didn't have any consideration for me at the time. It was a time and that she did everything. It was inconsiderate. These items that she asked for, Tony told me before he passed that he told Donnie that he gave everything to me. 
she told me that we were sitting there on the couch. She has no right to them. But she wanted to come in and rip them. I mean, it's just crazy. Okay, can I ask you folks something? Did um, Tony have a will? No. Ms. Burke, did, did Tony have a, have a will? will? Okay. And Ms. He Stevens, did, did, you, did, did Tony have a will that you knew of? He didn't have one that I knew of. Okay, all right. So now you have, you, Ms. Burke, you're suing for a bedroom set and a dining room set. Tell me about that. Well, Raina's daughter was staying with them and she was pregnant mm -hmm. and she was sleeping on an air mattress on the floor. And he had asked me if I could buy a bedroom suit for her. And he said that he would pay me back when the second stimulus check came out. So I purchased the bedroom suit for him. I told Raina about it uh, in January. And I told her about my mother's dining room set that had been in our family since 1975. We have a lot of uh, family memories around that table. And I asked her for it. And what did she say? She said she would think about it. Okay. I told her that his, his son wants his hats and his ties. His son wants to wear his ties to church. I said that his other son, Mark, wants his jewelry. And then she snapped back at me. He didn't have any jewelry. Now, as a family, we knew he always had jewelry. He loved jewelry. And I said, Raina, I am only repeating what his son said. He would like his jewelry. And she said, like I said, he didn't have any jewelry. I said, okay, Raina. Okay, let me ask you, yeah. Ms. Stevens, you have a counterclaim for $4,865. Tell me what that's about. What yeah. does she have uh, that you believe um, you're owed money for? Go ahead. Um, the receipt. Uh, Tony, when he passed, he had on some jewelry that was on his wrist. A necklace. Um, he had a bracelet. He had a ring. His sweatsuit. She has possession of his vehicle. Um, I want my birth certificates back. Things are in the vehicle. That's what I, that's what I count a suit for. Okay, and you're suing for the vehicle. You want the vehicle given to you, right? The vehicle's registered to Tony, correct? Yes, it is. Okay. What are your personal items that were in the car? Your birth certificate and what else? Um, for sure, my birth certificate, my um, social security card, my tackle box, my um, fishing poles, um, just various items. I never got to clear out the car. Is there anything that's inside? Well, how did the car get taken, Ms. Burks. How did that happen? Back around December 15th, he came over to the house. He looked real weak and wobbly and I asked him what's wrong. And he said he hadn't eaten or had any medications for three days. I said, okay, Tony, I'll take you to get some food and get some medication because you look like you're not really strong enough to really How do drive. you end up with the car? I need to know how you end up with the car. Did you keep the car that night? Yes, we, I kept the car, and I told him, uh, I'll take you shopping, and then I'll take you back home. So you kept the car, and my question to you is, did you find anything that was clearly personal to her, like a birth certificate, a social security card, or anything like that yes. in the car? Where is that stuff right now? It is currently in my possession. Okay, I am giving you a direct order, and we will take care of this after court today for you to return that stuff, which clearly can have 
your brother didn't own, like her social security card or birth certificate. Anything that has her name on it goes to her. There is no reason for you to be keeping that. I have no problem with that. But you haven't, and you never, you never did give it back to her, so apparently you might have a problem with it. But here's where we are, folks. I have two people, each of whom believe that they can come to court. One of them can get $2,700 by saying, trust me, Tony's last words were he wants us to have everything. And the other one who thinks she can come to court and get $4,800 by saying, trust me, Tony said he wanted to leave everything to me. With all due respect, ladies, that's not how the law works. If Tony wanted to leave his stuff anywhere, Tony needed to leave his stuff somewhere. Tony needed to write a will. Tony didn't write a will, as far as any of us know. When that is called dying intestate, without a will. When somebody dies intestate, without a will, what has to happen is that the next of kin and or somebody else goes to court and asks probate court to appoint them executor of his estate. Okay, now lots of times the estate is small and it's not worth going through all that trouble. That's a personal decision you folks make. But if not, what ends up happening is that whatever's there is going to stay there and whatever's on that side is going to stay on that side. But if you want to be put in charge of an estate, you have to petition the probate court to name you the executor. Okay, but this is not where this gets resolved. Because really, the sister isn't going to be the next of kin. The children are going to be the next of kin. That, that would be the way the law would distribute his stuff is to give it to the sons or daughters or whatever and in equal parts, which I am not equipped to do because they're not even in this courtroom. That's why all of this has to go to probate court with the exception of one thing, which is that January rent loan that is personal between you and her. And a second thing. The Your personal Honor. documents that you have that I'm ordering you to return. Yes, Ms. Burks, what were you going to ask me? I was going to say that, yes, I have looked into it. I've spoken with probate okay. attorneys, and they stated that uh, if I became the executrix, I would also have to take on his debt. And I knew that he had a lot well, of you hospital will, no, no, bills. You per hold on one second. You would not have to take on his debt. You would have to take on managing his debt, not... You don't have to dip into your pocket to pay his debts at all. You would have to look at his estate, and then all the people who want their chunk, the hospital, they would get paid. Um, so yeah, so there might not, it might not be worth it. I'm just explaining to you that you will not get $2,000 here, and I'm not going to divvy up the bedroom set. I know I am more convenient how, you know, to, to sue here, ladies, but this is not where it gets resolved. So if it's not worth going to probate court, so be it. Then everything just kind of stays where it is. The car stays where whoever has possession. The bedroom stays with whoever has possession. Because if you can't work it out, then you have to go to probate court. Ms. Stevens, I am ordering you to repay the loan. The fact that you're upset with the how the family's treating you does not mean that you don't have to pay back a loan that was clearly a loan. So I am ruling in favor of the plaintiff in the amount of $362.12. Also, Ms. Burks, I am ordering you to return her personal paperwork, and you will not get the 362.12 until you have handed over the personal paperwork. The birth certificate, social security card, anything that's personal. Now, I know she's saying, well, that's my tackle box. Well, you don't know if it's hers or his. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff has to go to probate court. I'm talking about stuff that is clearly not his, like her birth certificate and her social security card, okay? 
That is my order. Good luck to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. So the judge has made her decision. Many of the issues in this case really are more appropriate for a different court, probate court. Uh, Ms. Stevens, the judge has said you've got to give her back that $360 that was a loan to you. And she, on the other hand, has to give you back your Social Security card and other personal items. Okay? Thumbs up. Okay, good enough. All right, Ms. Burks, you understand what happens? Uh, And you understand also that you can go to probate court, but you won't be liable yourself to pay your, your, your brother's debts. You, the, the judge clear that up for you? Yeah, she mentioned that uh, the probate attorney said that basically they would like to collect their debts, and they were probably collected by starting with his furniture, his assets. And I said, well, that really nullifies what I was trying to come to court for, because we're trying to keep his assets. And they said, whatever is left over, that the executrix would be responsible for paying the rest of his debt. Well, then you're going to have to decide what to do. Uh, if you don't go to court, you obviously are not going to get that bedroom set back. I don't know how important it is to you. All right, thank you very much, and that'll do it for this case. Let's see what Harvey has to say now. Okay, Doug, here's the thing about small claims courts. In almost all of our states, a small claims court judges don't have the power to return property to the rightful owner. The only thing they can do is give money. Now, if it's in a bigger court, like a superior court, say in California, um, in a situation like that, they can order return. Small claims court, the only justice you can get is loot. Hey, judges, my neighbor's dog comes charging at me when I leave my house and has even bitten me once. I've spoken to my neighbors about it, but the problem still persists. What should I sue them for? Thanks, Greg. Greg, you can sue them for certainly the previous dog bite if it's still within the statute of limitations period. We don't really have details about the bite. But I'd be interested to know, is this dog trespassing on your property when it's rushing at you every day or as often as it does? Um, Is it getting loose from a fenced-in yard next door? What kind of dog is it? People have been charged with uh, assault and assault or battery with a deadly weapon for dog attacks if in, in it's certain deli- places. You mean if the if the neighbor's doing it deliberately? Right, right, right. right. It's so, usually negligence, and they're just they don't care that exactly. their dog is roaming. Exactly. What do you think? Are there other things that yeah, you I think that you video the loose obviously. dog and call animal control and the right. police every single time the dog is loose? Now you may not have warning that the dog is loose. The may, the dog may be getting loose as soon as it sees dinner. And you're at dinner. Um, so I don't know. But, you know, you're well within your rights to defend yourself. I hate right. to say that. You know, I'm a dog lover. But right. you don't have to be terrorized by the neighbor's dog. Uh, but the wisest thing to do is to have, you know, one of those cameras that show that how often the neighbor's dog is loose and call animal control and, and try to get the situation under control. That's going to do it for this session of the People's Court. We'll see you next time. <laughs>